This special Answers for Elders podcast honoring military veterans is sponsored by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. Well, this is Chuck Olmstead. I'm down here at Patriots Landing in DuPont, Washington. And uh, our guest today on Answers for Elders is Ron Brockman. Ron, welcome to Answers for Elders. Thank you. Well, we love to hear the stories of our veterans, and uh, I understand that uh, you retired as a captain from two services. Well, actually, just from the Navy. Just from the Navy, but you were a Marine as well. Yes. Well, we're going to hear a little bit more about how that happened, (laughs) a little bit more of your story, but I always like to go back to, uh, to the beginning of a story, and that was, where were you born? Kodiak, Alaska. Kodiak, what year? 1940. Okay, so you were born right at the beginning of the, well, at the Pacific War, was had started just uh, not, De- not too long. I was born long. in December of 1940. Interesting. And so a year, you were a year old uh, before Pearl Harbor. Yep. Yeah, so you probably had some vague memory towards the end of the war, I would think of life in the Pacific, uh, or, or do you remember any of that when the war ended? Well, it's kind of interesting. What I do remember is uh, seeing planes flying over, t- towing targets. Interesting. Because we had a, a Navy base in Kodiak in those days, and uh, they flew a lot of planes out of there. So yeah, that, that, that's about all I can remember. Uh-huh. Of was, course, the town was filled with servicemen. Right. <clears throat> what did your family do there on, on Kodiak? Oh, uh, my dad worked in the fisheries industry, so. Uh-huh, uh-huh, interesting. So tell me about Kodiak, growing up in Kodiak. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Outdoors, everything, fishing, hunting, hiking, whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we graduated from high school there, Yes. obviously, and what happened after high school? Well, uh, I graduated in, what, uh, May or so, and... and it, in the next year, uh, I, well, I went to the University of Alaska for a year, mm-hmm. not for a year, for a semester. And then uh, later on, I joined the Marine Corps in November of uh, 59. 59. So you would have been about 19 years old then, actually? About 18. I was. Uh, I graduated from high school at 17. I see. I see. So joined the joined, uh the Marine Corps, and so then, where were you? Uh, where did you do your training then? Camp Pendleton, California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what was your assignment? You know, coming out of Pendleton, what were you? What were you doing? Uh, well, I didn't have much time to do anything because that's when I got sent to the Naval Academy. Interesting. How did that happen? Well, the year before, when I was at the University of Alaska, I had seen an ad or some notice in the paper that the congressman was looking for people that were interested in going to the service academies. So I wrote to him and told him I was interested. I had no clue what I was doing (laughs) to do that. And so he nominated me, and I flunked the entrance exam. So the following summer, when I was out commercial fishing, I wrote him a letter and thanked him for the opportunity to have tried and said, I wish I could get over my deficiencies and try again. And I just kissed it off. And the right. day I graduated from Marine Corps boot camp, I got my next my nomination again from the same congressman. Interesting. And, and uh, I, I got my first leave out of, after boot camp. I went down to 
to L.A. or wherever was the nearest city and bought a book, How to Prepare for the College Entrance Examinations, and I memorized that damn thing. <laughs> and I went in to take the exam and passed it. Interesting. Yeah. So Naval Academy. Yep. That would have been about 1960, 61? I was a class of 64. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how long did you uh, stay there in the academy? Three years. Three years. It's a four-year course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what happens after the academy? Well, I had to go back into being an enlisted Marine again. I see. And but I, and I went down and I told my congressman, he said, baloney. He said, <laughs> you're out. And and then that was on a Friday, and on Monday, I, my discharge came through. I see. I mean, he just called up and started yelling at people, and that got me out of the enlisted Marines. Mm-hmm. So I went went back to Kodiak to go fishing again. I see. So how long did you do that? Commercial fishing? Mm-hmm. Well, I spent five seasons on a salmon boat. Interesting. Six weeks on a crab boat. That was enough for me. That crab boats, those are tough, aren't they? Oh man, the winter, winter weather, you know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So out on the Bering, uh, Bering Sea, then no, Kodiak Seas uh, on the Kodiak Seas. Yep. Is is that tougher than the Bering Sea, or no? Not it's near just as, just as tough. Is it? Is <laughs> yeah. It? Yeah. So, <clears throat> but then you went back into the service. Is that correct? Well, the yeah, I I had uh, gone into the Alaska National Guard after high school, well, during high school, actually. And uh, I went back into the Guard after after all this. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of my long-time association with the military, too. Yeah. So how does that work? So then when you, were you considered active military during that entire time as part of the National Guard, as part of... No, not, not, you're not considered active. You're considered a reservist. I see. Uh-huh. You know, so, and that all adds up to, to retirement. I see. So then after fishing and, and being in the National Guard, so then what happens next? Well, I kept going back to college and... So forth, came down to Seattle, was going to school down here, ended up getting married, went on to Seattle Police Department hmm. for six months, and then uh, decided to go back to school full-time, so dropped out of the police department, and actually my wife and I ended up in Fairbanks going back to college up there when she got pregnant, and we didn't have any money, and didn't have a job, so what I needed to find a job. So I went down to the police department. And they hired me right on the spot. So interesting. Another six months as a cop. Mm-hmm. Then I asked for time off to study for finals, and they wouldn't give it to me. So I said goodbye. Yeah, so college is more important. Yeah, and you were studying for. I didn't know what then. I, was I see. just studying, <laughs> <laughs> trying well, to get a degree. Yeah. Well, eventually you went back into the service. Full time? Well, not quite. Not quite. Um, well, tell me about it. Well, it's it's gets real disjointed at this point. Uh, see, I've, I'm not an MD. I'm a DO. Do you know what a DO? I don't is? know what a DO is. Doctor of Osteopathy. Okay. Osteopathic medicine. All mm-hmm. we do, we do everything an MD does, plus manipulation of the back and whatnot. So anyway, um, when I graduated. Uh, Trying to find an intern. The other thing is that's different is the DOs require that you have OB and pediatrics in your internship. And I got uh, into uh, a program uh, 
in Boston with the Public Health Service, their commission corps, okay? But the hospital they sent me to didn't have OB and PEDS, so they sent me to the Navy Hospital in Boston for four months where I did two months of OB and two months of PEDS. So I got that. That was all considered active duty. I see. Okay. And then um, I, get, I get confused at this point. After that, uh, I can't remember where I went next. <laughs> it, it was so disjointed, so many different things going on at one time. Uh-huh. Uh, eventually, I went back in the Alaska Army Guard, and um, I, I got promoted to colonel, bird colonel. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the headquarters of the Alaska National Guard was in Anchorage. Well, they don't have a clue what goes on outside of Anchorage. So one day I got a call from a colonel in, in uh, headquarters. He said, Colonel Brockman? I said, yes. He says, we're going to have an E-4 monitor your drills. I said, really? Who's going to monitor the E-4? <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> Hung up, picked up the next phone, Naval Reserve. Yes, well, will you take an 06 with over 20 years? What's your specialty, sir? Orthopedics. We'll take you. I said, okay, sign me up. Uh-huh. And then I did my last 12 years with the uh, Naval Reserve and got sent to Desert Storm, where I was a, uh orthopedic surgeon in a Marine Corps hospital. Wow. <clears throat> so where, so Desert Storm, so that would have been 1991. Correct. And so you were there uh, for how long? Oh, three or four months. I see. Yeah. However, however long Desert Storm lasted. Yeah. Well, it was wasn't long. No. <laughs> that was a very short war, That's wasn't it? That's the kind of wars we need. <clears throat> exactly. So, um, of course, so you were in Saudi Arabia. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, um, uh, did there was there a lot of surgery that was going on from over there? Was it was it all military or were the, did you have civilians? Uh, no, just military. Just military. Marine Corps Hospital. I see. Yeah. So um, uh, then did you stay in Saudi Arabia after that or after the oh, war heavens, ended? No, I, I mean, couldn't it, get out of there quick enough. <laughs> a little bit different than Alaska. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I went back to Kodiak and resumed my practice. And uh, I did a bunch of other things, though. Um, I belonged to a, an organization called Orthopedics Overseas, and they would send orthopedic surgeons to different places around the world. And one of the places they needed one was um, Pakistan, Peshawar, Pakistan. Uh, So I went there, and it was all uh, wounded from the war in Afghanistan, which at that Afghanistan at that time was controlled by the Soviet Union. Right, right. So I went there three different times for a month at a time for three years in a row. And somehow the Mujahideen really liked me. I don't know why, but they did. And they asked me to come to inside Afghanistan. I said, sure. So I went inside Afghanistan for a while. And then um, that got, got me all lit up for going to different foreign countries. So I've been to... You ever heard of Mercy Ships? Oh, uh, yes, sir. Very I much spent so. spent a month on the Caribbean Mercy down in, can't even remember where now, El Salvador or someplace. Spent a month on with them, and uh, I went down a couple other places, too. So I kind of 
toured around as an orthopedist. Very good. Yeah. So you've you've had a a lot of different experiences, I'm sure, from everything from the effects of poverty and living in to 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 uh, to war war wounds. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> during all this time, then you still had your practice back in Kodiak. So you still had family back there, and, right? Right. And, and all of that, huh? Yeah. So what uh, what finally transpired where you decided to kind of hang up hang up the scalpel? Well, I had a neck injury, uh, and I ended up having paralysis of my right shoulder and arm. I still have the residuals of that. You can see there's, well, here, you know, over here, this, there's no, no muscle there. And, uh, well, there's another part of this. Um, so, you know, when I couldn't use my right arm fully, I had to drop my practice. Mm. And then uh, a few years later, I went down to uh, San Diego to go to a medical convention. Woke up 32 days later in the Naval Hospital down there. I, I believe this or not, I had a toe infection, fungus, and it wiped me out. And I was, I was on kidney dialysis and everything else. And they were giving me the antifungal medicine in this arm here. Mm-hmm. And evidently, they didn't pay any attention and, and infiltrated. You know what that means? No. The, the fluid got outside the vein, and I had no flesh from here to here. Huh. So I ended up having eight surgeries, two skin grafts, and a wrist fusion on my right arm. Well, I could hardly even get dressed with the way it is now, so there's no way I could ever think of doing surgery. Yeah, yeah. So that pretty much ended my career. Then I started working down here. And uh, believe it or not, I was uh, really into medical marijuana. Mm, and I that see. was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure you found that there was <laughs> there were medicinal uses for medical marijuana. Absolutely. <clears throat> what Absolutely. types of things? Well, um as an example, I have a good friend who's a pharmacist, and she had severe neuropathy in her feet. And I'd heard that marijuana worked, and I said, well, why don't you try it? And she said, no, 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 no. I finally talked her into it, to taking the liquid marijuana in capsules. So she said she took one pill, waited an hour, nothing happened. We took two pills, waited two hours, <laughs> took three pills, waited three hours, and all her pain was gone. Wow. So she's a big advocate of it now. Interesting. <clears throat> so most people think that in order for the, the the medicinal purposes, it has to be smoked, but not necessarily. Absolutely not. I don't even recommend smoke because I am an anti-smoker anyway. Uh-huh. Um, I take some now, a little capsule, help me sleep. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So what what is it within? Is it the THC or what is it that that? I don't know. I've never read any studies about how if anybody's done anything about it. Interesting. And doing any research on it, and they need to because it works. And you see it every once in a while. You'll see something in the news about someplace using medical marijuana. Right. Right. Well, Ron, I want to thank you for telling me your story. I guess one last question that I have is, <clears throat> out of your years at the service, um, in 
actually it would have been both Army, Navy, and Marines, right? Were you in were you in the Army as well? As far as oh, no, I was in Army National Guard. Army National Guard. So you've basically been all three branches and public health service. <laughs> so you've served in many different ways. Yeah. Uh, what What would you say were the was the the primary lesson you learned out of uh, out of all of that service as far as your experience in the in the military and, and service? Everybody should go in. Hmm. Why? Because you learn discipline, you learn all kinds of things. I mean, it just it just a wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story today. And uh, we've been talking to Ron Brockman. He's uh, retired as captain of the U.S. Navy. And uh, Ron, thank you for your service. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. This has been a special Honoring Veterans presentation of Answers for Elders, brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.